What's up, guys? Welcome to News Podcast. My name is Salman Ali at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Not on Twitter. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, I am so exhausted. I'm tired. I'm I'm sleepy. I'm like running on fumes. I've been busy all day. My brain's kind of a a, a, a big pile of mush right now. And it's not just because of what's been going on with the Rockets the past 24 <laughs> hours. I've just been so busy, and this playoff crap uh, doesn't help. Uh, we just found out the Rockets' opponents uh, just five or ten minutes ago. Moments ago, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty insane that we had to wait till game 82 to figure this out. Like, it's, yeah, we ac- yeah, we actually know all the matchups now, but we don't know what seeding some of the matchups will be. Right, so the second round and third round opponents aren't confirmed yet. Um so that that's going to be interesting. Uh, I do not plan on watching the last Rockets game. Uh, I just, I just have. There's no, there's no interest. There's, no, we, there's nothing left to learn from this team. We've they're learned, arresting everyone too. Right. They're they're a star player right now is PJ Tucker. Like that. That's like that. That's all you need to know about this team. They're, they're done. They're finished with the season. They won 65 games. It's done. It's over. Um, but yeah, this the past twenty four hours have been kind of wild. Uh, starting with let's let's not beat around the bush. I mean, let's get right to it. Luke and Bamute's injury. Um, for me, this was big and uh, big for multiple reasons. First, being outside of James Harden, Luke and Bamute, ah, Luke and Bamute might be J- uh, Houston's most important wing player come playoff time. Like he's just. So versatile. He helps the Rockets play so many different unique lineups. He's going to be so important in that Warriors series. And um, like he's easily their best defensive player on the wing. It's not even close. Like Trevor Ariza, he's a fine defender. He's slightly above average. He's not better than Luke Mbamute. P.J. Tucker is fine. He's better at playing the four and pl- and playing big. He can he can switch out on the, on the guards and stuff. He's not as good as Luke Mbamute. Mbamute is such a switch ar- like Swiss army knife on the defensive end. He's so important. Like when he went out for that shoulder injury earlier this year, like the Rockets declined a lot defensively. And I know a lot of people are going to point to the fact that Chris Paul and and Clint Capella were also played some missed some games during that time, but it's it's you just can't deny his importance to the squad. You have no chance in hell against the Warriors if you don't have Luke and Bamute. Yeah, uh, he is a huge piece of their defensive scheme. Um, I mean, he's not the most important player on the team, but yeah. you can't you can't miss even a little bit if you're going to go up against a full strength Warriors. That's my big take. That I really hope he is 100 percent for that series because he's so versatile. He's so quick. Uh, he's part of so many of their best lineups that they can't afford to be missing him. They, I mean, they can against like their first and probably second round opponents, but not against the Warriors. Right. I caught a lot of crap for this. Uh, I'm not going to cuss on this. I'm not, I'm not editing this podcast. Uh, so um, I caught a lot of crap for, uh, be, you know, reacting the way that I did last night on Twitter. But, like, I know he's not James Harden. I know he's not Chris Paul. I know he's not Clint Capella. But Luke Mbamute is so important, even as an off-the-bench role player. Like, it's like... Like these, like you, you just said it. Every little marginal thing matters against the Warriors, and that's all this season's been about for the Rockets. Like that's all we've talked about on this podcast 
It's the Warriors. Can the Rockets compete against the Warriors? Can the Rockets compete against the Warriors? How you know yeah. competitive of a series is it going to be? Like that's that's all we've talked about. And these little things, like and like, I this is I'm not blaming anyone here. Like this was really flukish, right? Ibamute went up for a dunk, yeah. dislocated his shoulder. Like that's and it was I felt immediately felt really bad for Ibamute because first of all that injury looked nasty. Like seeing someone's shoulder dislocated like that, like and it just looks so freaking painful. In that like first the human element hit me. And second of all, like the guy just came back from a shoulder injury. That's just brutal. That's just brutal. You got to feel for the guy. Uh, I think it was the same, that same shoulder, shoulder right? too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thankfully, it looks like he has he didn't tore his labrum. Um, MRI came back today, and Mark Berman uh, reported that um, he's going to be out for the first round and possibly up to four weeks, um, which is. Um, I think this, I think I took this as positive news because it's not a torn labrum first and foremost. Like if it was a torn labrum, he'd be out for the rest of the season. Like yeah, that'd be it, no yeah. question. Yeah, and it'd be you know possible surgery, uh, his free agency in question. It'd be really it'd be a mess if it was a torn labrum. Um, thankfully for for the Rockets and for Mute, it was not. Uh, it doesn't seem to appear appear to be a torn labrum. Um, but he could be up. He could be out up to four weeks, and he was uh, he missed a month last time for this injury. And that puts him right above. That puts his return right above the Western Conference Finals, um, and that might be like perfect timing. But like the Rockets are really going to slum it defensively up until that point. Uh, they're going to be playing Gerald Green, Gerald Green, and Joe Johnson heavy minutes to uh, compensate for that. Um, and uh, you know that's it's, you know the Gerald Green's been a nice surprise for the Rockets. Uh, Joe Johnson's been. He's been bad. He's been he's looked washed for the Rockets. I mean, I, I don't want to I don't want to you know sugarcoat it. He's been bad for the Rockets. Um, not a complete negative. He's he's been a good guy to eat up minutes, but I mean, he's not been some drastic positive that they thought they were picking up off the scrap. No, beat. he he's very good injury insurance. Right. He's this is exactly why you have Joe Johnson. Right. Uh, this is exactly why you pick up Gerald Green. Like the their yeah. depth allows them to you know. You know, scurry by to the conference finals, but um, uh, other than when they get there, they're going to need a fully healthy roster. Um, they cannot survive an injury to Lugamba Mute. But yeah, they're they're going to be playing. It's going to be by committee. I mean, Chris Paul said this after the after the game last night, and it it, it looks like that's what's they're gonna, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to make up for Mbamute's Mute's absence by committee, and I'm interested to see like. How much they're like? How much they're clicking defensively? Because before, like the last five games, like the last five games have been kind of a a mismatch. Like they've been kind of not caring at all. Like it, yeah. it's, it's it's they have nothing. Yeah, left to they've play been for. they've been resting X players per game. They've been giving X percent effort per game. Right. It hasn't been exciting. They locked up the best record in the league. They have nothing left to play for. So. <laughs> yeah, they're very much not playing for anything against the Kings. Right, like they 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 don't care. And uh, but before those last five or six games, like they were playing defense on a string. Like they were communicating well. They were switching everything perfectly on time. Everything like it was. They were playing such great defense, and I'm one. I'm I'm interested to see how they how they fair without um Mbamute. it's possible Gerald Green steps up and plays above his head defensively in the playoffs I'm not ruling that out 
Um, and you know, for the, as far as the first round, there it's Mbamute is in. Like they should be able to take care of their first round opponent with uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, with these without uh, Luke Mbamute. Like that's you know, it's it's they should be fine. But yes, as you yes. get deeper into the playoffs, that kind of stuff matters. Yep. Uh, also, as an aside, the Spurs are locked into playing the Warriors in the first round as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it looks like everything, all the match, all the matchups are starting to get solidified, and yeah. um, and right now it's it's just a matter of, as you said earlier, like standings. Standings is the only thing left to play for, and it's the only it's it's why this last day of the season is so important. Everybody is jockeying for positioning. Everybody is everybody's you know battling for home court advantage. All that stuff is going on right now. It's been absolute hell the past couple of days yeah. to see these teams scrap it out. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> uh, go ahead. For example, this w- weird thing right now. Uh, right now, Portland will play the Pelicans in the first round, and Portland will have home court advantage, but it will either be the 3-6 or the 4-5. We don't know yet. Uh, same thing with well, – and then Jazz versus Thunder is locked in, but we don't know who's going to have home court yet until the thun- until the uh, Jazz and the, and the Blazers finish their game. So yeah, going down to the wire is still a weird season. Can I ask you like what what second round matchup do you want? Like if if you're a, if you're the Rockets, what what team are you really eyeing in the second round? Like what four or five setup? Um, yeah, yeah. I think you'd rather have the Portland and the New Orleans pairing, honestly, because that gets Utah and OKC out of your bracket. So, so you think you think Utah is a team you don't want to play? Utah is really good, and OKC is obnoxious. I'd rather that the Warriors deal with that pair. I I don't want to play Portland uh, second round, and maybe that's just me. Like I don't know something about playing that that Portland team in the second round. Like uh, they just they just seem really hungry this year, and they they look like a different team defensively. Uh, they're really scrapping it out. It's really strange seeing a, t- a Portland team play so well with um, Al Farouk Amino and Nurkic as your defensive anchors. But that's what they've been doing all season long, and has been working. They're the top. They're a top ten defense. Um, and offensively, like we know they can produce points come playoff time. They've done it before. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are lethal scorers. I don't know. That's just a team I don't want to play second round. But you're gonna you're gonna end up playing a good team in the second round yeah. regardless. Like it's hard. Yeah, you're gonna yeah, you're Go gonna play one of you're gonna play Portland or I guess potentially uh, New Orleans Pelicans. We can't just count them out yet. I guess. But you're gonna play either Portland or like the winner of Utah Thunder. So. The second round is not going to be like a super easy out, no matter what happens at this point. Yeah, it, the the same goes for like the Warriors. Like they're going to have a tough opponent come second round too, and it's like right now it, the all that matters is that everybody stays healthy and and everybody like that's why the Rockets shut everybody down in this yeah. last game. Like nothing else matters. Like you gotta you gotta have a t- you gotta have to take it one series at a time. But I'm I guarantee you the Rockets are watching these last final games internally. Uh, and they have a second round. They have a second round opponent. They have, they want to play circled somewhere on a clipboard <laughs> in that organization. Yeah. I just think I think the Jazz are basically the best team in the Western Conference, apart from the uh, Rockets and Warriors right now. All their advanced metrics are amazing. The Jazz have won like it's like what like thirty 
four out of like 38 or something yeah, like ever, that ever since Rudy Gobert came back like they've yeah. they're just a totally different team and like Donovan Mitchell is playing well uh, I'm interested to see how he converts all this to the playoffs because rookies in the playoffs can be you know it's it's a it's a real it's a real chicken or the egg thing like you never know with rookies in the playoffs so I, I'm interested to see how he plays um but yeah, that's a that's a really stingy defense that you probably don't want to go up against. And Quinn Snyder's a really damn good coach, and you got to figure he has something up his sleeve to guard the Rockets team defensively wise, uh, specifically James Harden, because uh, I want like they teams with good rim protectors do a pretty good job at funneling Harden towards the rim and and making him take contest like weird contested shots. Like he takes a lot of floaters when there's a rim protector there, and he takes like. Like I noticed, the Clippers do this a lot, and and the Jazz did this earlier in the season, um, and they had they have a lot of length, lengthy wings. It's like you could definitely see them giving the Rockets trouble. And on the other side of the bracket, like Portland, the, they have a lot of bigs that James Harden and Chris Paul can't expose in isolation, especially on switches. They they just torch Mo Harkless, CJ McCollum, Damian, like all those guys on switches, like. They mercifully like they they just seek them out, and it's so clear that they're like you can see James Harden calling for guys that he <laughs> wants to play on the perimeter. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see that. We should probably talk about the their season, and like it's, I mean, like they've won 65 games. Like that's ludicrous. Like nobody predicted the Rockets to win 65 games. That I had them. Winning, nobody should have predicted it. Yeah, I had them winning 54. How many did you have them winning? I had them winning, I think, like 55. So, yeah. Uh, that, not what I thought was going to happen this season. Like, that's bananas. Like, that's, that's completely ludicrous. This is one of the greatest regular season teams in NBA history as of this moment. And whatever you want to look at, point differential, net rating, um, SRS, um, you know, like, win total, like, all that. They're, they're, one, they're one of the top 20 teams of NBA history in terms of regular season record. And any other year... They'd be favored to win the championship in a walkaway, but it just happens they they happen to be in an era with possibly the greatest team of all time. Um, we should like what are your like? Would you call this like in a successful season in in all, on all regards in terms of the regular season? Like, is there something you you would have liked the Rockets to do differently? Is there something that? Um, you're interested to see, to see going into the postseason what the Rockets do? Like, have they checked all your boxes? There's no box they could have checked. Anything more you ask of them would just be like asking them to be a 70 win team or something ludicrous like that. There is nothing more they could have done. And I want to stress this there is nothing more the Rockets could have done in this regular season. It is all at the playoffs now. Like, if they had won 70 games, we still wouldn't think they were any more likely to beat the Warriors than we think they are right now, if that makes any sense, right? Like, they've done everything it possibly could have. They have proven themselves to be the team to beat in the NBA season. They've had the best season easily, easily, especially with how the Warriors have fallen off at the end of the season. They have been the best team. The only reason that they're not favored is because we're pretty sure that the Warriors are able to slash are going to achieve that transcendent level that we saw them do last season in the playoffs. Yeah, that so- is the only reason. There is nothing more they could have done other than the Warriors dis- disbanded. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you what what my my boxes were going into the season, and, t- and like it was pre- it was pretty simple. Like, can the James Harden Chris Paul uh, you know pairing work like 
right away? Is it gonna work? Is it gonna work by the All Star break? Is it gonna work like like how quickly do they get it together? And it worked pretty much seamlessly right out of the gates. And that's because they put a lot of time uh, during the summer. It, it looks like they were ready to play with each other as soon as as soon as the se- regular season started. Um, and like it just it's just been a perfect pairing, a match made in heaven. Um, the second thing I was looking for going into the season is how good their defense was going to be. And I, and I got to admit, I didn't think it'd be this good. Like we, we talked about this in our season preview, yeah. like, can they be a top 10 defense? And they've showed us, no, they can be even more than that. Like they could be at the top of their game. This, the Rockets can be a top five defense when they're playing at full health, when they're on a string defensively, they're one of the five best defensive teams in the NBA, just because their personnel allows them to do so much stuff. It allows and their communication's been so good all season. Jeff Bizdelic and Mike D'Antoni deserve a ton of credit for devising this scheme. And they switch everything early too. It's not like a lot of switching switching defenses. Like they switch late, and the Rockets do everything right away. Like and they they're not afraid of it. Like they're not afraid of putting James Harden on a big. That's clear. Like that's the they they. <laughs> They've demonstrated that that's a matchup they like very much. They're they're not afraid of putting Clint Capella on a guard, which is you know Clint Capella continues to impress me in terms of his switching ability and his ability to guard face guard like really good shooting guard like especially like when you see him in matchups against Steph Curry. I'm going off on a tangent, but when you see him in matchups against Steph Curry, like Clint Capella is one of the best bigs in the NBA. You want in a Warriors series switching everything like it's just. He's one of the best switch defenders in the NBA, and and he's taken a big leap defensively. So they checked that box for me. And that last, the last box I was looking for was can they compete against the Warriors um, in the regular season? And they did that. They won the regular season t- series two one. Uh, that the one game they didn't they didn't win. James Harden was out, and they competed hard uh, defensively. And they and it seems like that's going to be an interesting matchup going into the postseason. It's it's again, it's a, it's everything we've talked about all season. It looks like they fare pretty well. Uh no no one's going to predict the the Rockets to win the series, but they've checked they've done everything you wanted to do and they've more, more importantly, they've put on a pretty good audition for Chris Paul. I mean, they have they had one, they had one year to do this and in the regular season at least, they've they've done everything they can to convince him this is a place you want to be for the next four years. Yeah, and he's made a lot of noises to that effect, too. He's saying that he's loved it here, and why wouldn't he? This has been his most successful team ever. This has been a massively successful team. And I wanted to, to remind you that while he was on the Clippers, they had some like 56-win game teams that people were citing as being you know true playoff contenders and a real heavyweight yeah i had had them coming out of the west one year like i like i i love those sixers those clippers and those weren't bad takes you weren't wrong this team is that much better than that right like this is i mean even some of those new orleans teams like with you know with david west and like like, that, that they had they were really feisty in new he had some feisty teams in new orleans before the knee injury and like it, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty rare you see a 32 year old Hall of Famer have his best season uh, this late into his career. It's it's just but that's just nuts. That's just nuts. Like they they've did every they did everything they could. That relationship, more importantly, off the court, has looked like it. Like they they looked like they actually enjoy being around each other. Like 
Like, you see them in commercials together. You see uh, Chris Paul and James Harden in, like, um, these little bowling charity functions, like, together. And, like, like, like they, they seem to be attached at the hip, which is kind of weird because you didn't see this friendship develop before this before this season, before this summer. Like, I, I didn't know they were, like, they were cool like that. And may, maybe maybe it took up until recently that when they decided that they needed each other that they, that they became such close friends. But, I mean, it's it's been such, like... They hang out with each other all the time, and you see it like on social media all the time. Like it, it, you, you see the videos after games, before games. Like they clown each other on the on the team bus. Like it's it's it looks like a team that genuinely enjoys being each other's um, environment. Yeah, their chemistry is fantastic. Uh, they play with a ton of joy. They are locked in. They're excited. Like they're the intangibles, the tangibles, the stats, the wins, the seeding. I don't the offense, the defense. They have checked every single box. This has been a complete, unqualified, massive, and unexpected success of a season. This is the best season this franchise has ever had. It's the best season a lot of franchises have ever had. They yeah. are an incredible. They're an incredible team. They are like historic in their ability. And we're still not convinced they're going to come out of the West, and for good reason. But whatever happens in the playoffs, it but, does not make this season not amazing. But here's the thing. If they had won 72 games or something in the regular season, we still would have picked the Warriors, right? Like, like that's how convincingly the Warriors have had a have had a chokehold over the Western Conference the past four years. I don't I don't think it's a bad thing that, that we're picking the Warriors. Like, I, I, there's nothing the Rockets could have done. Like, it's, there's absolutely yeah, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, like there's nothing. I, I, I like, and th- we're Rockets bloggers. Like, <laughs> you would think we, we we'd be picking the we we'd be picking the Rockets at this point to come out of the West. But I mean, it's just we're at that point where like it's it's we have to see it, right? We have to, and, and that's all yeah. we're waiting for. That's all we're well, we. That's all this. And this here's the deal. Go ahead. And here's the deal: if the Rockets do go on to beat the Warriors slash win even more than that, right? If this truly becomes like. A fantastic playoff run as well we will go back and we will say of course like it's going to be a well done moment and i'm not saying it's going to happen but i'm saying if it does happen it will look very well duh i i heard this on the open floor podcast actually something very similar like it like like so i think they're they answering a question like like would you be surprised if in like six months some like the rockets are nba champions and like everybody is like well of course they won Right, like just, all the signs point to like we should probably be paying more attention to this, and I think everybody actually has covered this team pretty well. But yeah, but like they like even Vegas is the only team is the only like entity that's really picking the Rockets to come out of the West. Like and they're they're even have they're even putting the Rockets at even odds with the Warriors to come out of the West. Like the, even they're being tended like they're they're being cautious with their predictions. It's like yeah. it's like. The, the Warriors have really, like, I mean, so metrics don't know whether someone's hurt or not, right? So sure. after Steph got hurt, the Warriors fell off a cliff badly. It's nasty. The Rock, like, if you go ahead and count the garbage time, I guess you might call it, where uh, the Rockets are kind of already done with their season and the Warriors got all injured or Steph got hurt, 
it is ugly. It's not close. The Rockets have been better since then by a very large margin, and their numbers are overall like substantially better. They're not like hugely better, but they are notably better than the Warriors at this point. Right. The but only when you, reason when you, when you isolate yeah. the healthy minutes, they are pretty. Dead it's, easy. Cl- it's closer. It's pretty close. Right. The Rockets are still a little bit ahead, though. There is the only reason we have to believe that the Rockets are not the favorites to win the championship is because we remember the Warriors last season, which is a very good reason. It's a very good reason. When they are healthy and motivated, they are probably the best team ever. They are probably the most talented team ever. It is a hell of a thing. But, you know, that's we 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 assume the Warriors are invincible because we've kind of seen them to be invincible previously. But that's that is the only point against the Rockets being the favorites. And nobody would be surprised if the Warriors go into the Western Conference 8-0. Right, like that—that's completely no, on the nobody. table. So like them, like turn, flipping the switch, even with Steph injured for the first round, them sweeping their first two, their, their two first two opponents. Um, it, it's it's kind of ludicrous that we're at this point. Like, it, like even with the Steph injury, that like we're still heavily favoring the Warriors to come out of the West, and uh, it, it's 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 funny. It, it, I just I just think. The, the way this season has de- has developed, I, nobody would have predicted this. So when, when teams normally have seasons like this, uh, they get rewarded in multiple categories of awards. So let's go ahead and get to some fun talk. Awards. Um, MVP. So I think I think Harden has this locked up. And I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have felt this way two months ago. I would not have felt this way a month ago. But recently, like it just feels like so much of a, like, a, a sure thing. And, like, again, voters still have their ballots on them, and I'm sure some are still holding out till the very last minute, but it looks it looks this like... This is that minute. <laughs> right, right. It looks like Harden is going to win the MVP. Uh, we're starting to see votes trickle in from Zach, uh, Zach Lowe, Howard Beck. Um, I think Ben Golliver wrote something for SI with this vote. Jeff Zilgit, um Sam Amick, they like all these guys. Their votes are trickling in, and it's decidedly hardened right now. And and uh, based on that, I would venture to guess it's going to be somewhat of a sixty forty voting split for first place with Le- Harden and LeBron. Maybe even sixty five thirty five. But that's kind of the vibe I'm getting right now. Yeah, I think it's about right. Uh, it may be up to 70. Maybe it's somewhere between 60 and 70, I think, for Harden. There has been like a late push for for uh, for LeBron. And I don't think it's necessarily that... I mean, LeBron's had a fantastic last couple of months. It's, it's uh, not unwarranted, that, right? It's not no, unwarranted. It's right? not unwarranted. Right. He did have... like, But he kind of already lost it with a whole bunch of other stuff that happened earlier on in the season. Sure. Like, look, he's the best player in the league. And if you just want to give it to the best player in the league, he's the guy, right? But I think the award is does not just mean that if it just meant that we give it to LeBron every season. So, uh, he really kind of did not make a ton of effort midway through the season. The Cavs had a ton of problems. I know it's kind of in the rear view now, so it's a little bit recency bias, but I, the damage has already been done. Like Harden is going to, most people are going to give it to Harden. There's a bunch of reasons for it. We've gone over them many times. We'll go over them many more. Uh, but it looks like it's his to lose, and he's not playing tonight, so he's not going to lose it. Whereas LeBron's team lost to the Knicks, so uh, the, I think it's going to go to Harden. I think probably everyone who doesn't vote Harden number one is going to vote LeBron number one. Like I think those two are going to be number one and two in basically everybody's ballots. So mm-hmm. at that point, whoever gets more number one votes is going to win it. I don't know if anybody's going to vote for Westbrook this year, despite everything, though. 
<laughs> uh, we'll talk about Westbrook in a minute, but yeah, uh, LeBron has solidified himself as at the minimum the number two candidate uh, this year. He's gonna be he's gonna get a lot of votes. Um, I I do think uh, he his numbers when you isolate per one hundred possessions, Harden and Le- LeBron's like statistics are pretty damn equal. Like and that goes from like like Harden's taking more field goal attempts per game, but like they're both identical in efficiency. And like like if you look at you look at assists, they're both at twelve point one per one hundred possessions. Harden has I mean LeBron has a lead in rebounding. Harden has a lead in steals. Um, and like pretty much when you go on down the line, they're pretty much neck and neck. Harden has more stuff going in his favor when you go down to the advanced metrics. So when you look at VORP, when you look at win shares, when you look at win shares per forty eight. When you look at all those all those advanced metrics that we love so much, like they they favor Harden, but not by much, but enough to where, like he he definitely has a lead, and like LeBron's best argument at this point, and it's not a bad argument, is minutes played, right? Like it's it's that that's his yeah that that's pretty much what's what's going in his favor, and that's why everybody brings up the total points, the total rebounds, total assists. That that's why those stats are so relevant. It's because. LeBron's played decidedly more minutes than, than James Harden. Um, he's he's leading the league in minutes. He's going to play all 82 games, um, and it's been an argument for him. And I, I don't think it's a bad argument. I actually think that's a that's something voters should look at more in the future. That's that's a heavy load to carry, and I and it, not everybody can do it. Like only a few guys in the league have shown they can do that, carry that kind of load. Like LeBron, Harden, Jimmy Butler. Like like there are just a few guys who can carry that much. And you know, do that much when asked of them. So I do think it's a very important statistic. But other than that, like Harden's been a better defender this year than than LeBron. Like I know it's kind of shocking to say. Like it it feels almost blasphemous, but it's true. I mean, if you look at LeBron, like he just gets beat on bat cooks all the time. He gets blown by. Yep. He's kind of a statue out there sometimes. Um, especially that one month where they just the Cavs were an absolute like. They were a tire fire, and the Cavs were forced to trade pretty much half their roster because of it. Um, LeBron just did not care whatsoever on the defensive end, and it's come no. back to bite him. No, he now. sure hasn't. Yeah, it's it's coming back to bite him now because I think voters are talking about that now. Like no one's forgotten about that. Like that month is ingrained in everyone's head, um, and I think if not for that month, if if not for that month, it'd be a much closer race. Yeah, he's he did really dog it on defense for a long time, and honestly, for a lot of the season. I mean, secretly, why would he not dog it on defense? Right? Why would he smart. take it easy? Who cares? Like, yes, conserve his energy. He's all about. It's funny he's played so much because he's all about like going at like eighty percent or whatever, so he can conserve himself for the postseason, which is how he's been to seven finals in a row. Right? That's a big part of the of it. But it, you do pay a price for that in the regular season because you can just watch him. You can watch him and tell that like. Until it gets to the end of the season and until the games are tight, he doesn't really give the whole thing. Oh yeah, and he's he's been fantastic in crunch time. Yeah, and that that's another yeah. that's another feather in his cap. Like he's been better than Harden in the crunch time. Harden's been very good, but LeBron has a decided edge in that. So those two yeah. those two things, I'm I'm willing to give to LeBron, and he's been pretty neck and neck with Harden. So I I'm actually not I wouldn't be outraged if LeBron gets a lot of first place votes I, as long as Harden no. ends up winning this thing. I think they're deserving. LeBron is never the wrong answer for MVP. 
Like all you have to do is say he's the best player in the league. Honestly, like what are you? What does anyone else say to that? You just say, well, that's a boring eh, way to decide MVP. I don't and like it's that. A, it's a boring way to decide to decide MVP, but like his stats show it. You know, you don't. It's not just that we trust he's the best player in the league. You can watch him play, and you can know he's the best player in the league. Like he's done enough to deserve MVP every single year for like the past fifteen years. That's it's totally fine for him to win MVP. He's never not been a valid candidate. He does it every single year. Like it's it's definitely like Harden's year to win this year, but and that's, that's no one should be offended. Favorite. Yeah, but no one should be offended by the idea of like of uh, LeBron being MVP. He's totally deserving. Right, and, and like Harden's uh, getting a lot of votes because a lot of people feel like it's his time, and that's been that's something LeBron doesn't have in his in his cap. Like he has uh, he has multiple MVPs. Like. James Harden doesn't. This is, a lot of people feel like he should have won last year, and those voters are going to vote for him again. Included with some other voters that may have felt that he vote, he deserved <laughs> yeah. he deserved it two years ago or three years ago, whatever. Like it's going to be a combination of things that goes in Harden's favor. I think he's going to win this award. Um, I'm I'm actually surprised that he's going to win an MVP. Like I, I said before, I never thought I'd see the day, but hey, we're here. Uh, I'd say I admit I admit when I'm wrong, and I'm I was wrong. He's gonna win an MVP. I was wrong about that. I was I was wrong that he'd never win one. And yeah, um, let's go ahead and get to actually my favorite award in the NBA. I, and it's kind of weird. Like I've never said this out loud, but Coach of the Year is actually like my favorite award because it's it's like it's basically what did what did you what did Vegas get wrong? Right. That's basically what, what that award is. I think Darren Moore even said this uh, on a, on a podcast or something. Like if you look at how make up at halftime vanilla ice. Wow, vanilla ice at a halftime show. Anyway, move go on. Sorry. Which halftime show? This is the Rockets Kings game. Oh yeah. I don't I I'm not watching that. <laughs> um yeah, go vanilla ice. But um what was I saying? Uh I I, I Yeah, okay, so it's pretty much what what team were we wrong about at the beginning of the season? That's pretty much what coach yeah. of the year has become. But like I don't know, like I I love ranking things in my head. It's like I'm a I'm an obsessive ranker. I rank stuff all the time. Um, maybe that's pretty, why why I'm such a big basketball fan. It's because we always do that in the sport. Um, and like I don't know, I like oh, I, I like to think about the best coaches in the, in the NBA all the time. I wrote a column about this earlier this year. Um, I think this awards race. Uh, I think Mike D'Antoni does a little bit more love that he's getting because the Rockets just won 65 games. I don't think he should win the award because I think there are a lot of deserving candidates out there and I wouldn't be mad if anybody votes um, like other people and like Dwayne Casey's been fantastic this year Brad Stevens same thing um, Quinn Snyder's a very good they turned the jazz culture around after pretty much upheaving their whole roster uh, after losing Gordon Hayward like you know if you look up and down the league a lot of coaches have done fantastic coaching jobs Terry Stott Greg Popovich um you know, you look or you look up and down the league, and there have been a bunch of great coaches this year. And I don't know, like I just think that, like normally in, a, in any normal season, a sixty-five win season gets you gets you at least second place, right? Like that that gets you at least second place. Um, how do you feel about how these races shaping out? And do you feel like Mike D'Antoni is getting a little bit of snub this year? I understand he won the award last year, but I don't know. Maybe it's just he me. won the award last year. Yeah. He won the award last year, and uh, James Harden is going to win the MVP. So that's kind of the chart if you get last sure. season. Part of the reason he got that he that uh, D'Antoni got the award and that 
Eric Gordon got sixth man was because everyone gave the MVP to Russell Westbrook. That's this is a calculus that people make in their heads. I think it's kind of silly, but also you can't really avoid it. You're people are human, so it's gonna come in people's thinking like, well, I don't want to give them everything. So it's <laughs> this is I think a large part of it. Uh, and also people have accepted now that D'Antoni and the Rockets are really good. Like you said, it's oftentimes the who exceeds expectations the most award. And even though the Rockets have exceeded expectations by Which is a crazy. very large amount this Which season. Which is crazy. A 55-win team exceeded expectations. Like, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah they, they gained 10 wins. And by the way, they're probably not winning this game at night. But uh, they gained <laughs> 10 wins on last season, which is pretty freaking impressive. But everyone already kind of went, okay, yeah, they're really good. So, meanwhile, we have the guys who are going to get it, which is probably uh, which is probably going to be Brad Stevens. It's looking like it's his award this year. Uh, people are debating him and Dwayne Casey a lot, and then I see some, you know, like Nate I, McMillan's or Terry Stotts or I, Quinn I Snyder's think, thrown in there. I think Brad gets it this year. Um, I just think yeah, it's going to be him. Media members have been angling to give this guy the award for so many years. Like he's really like, good. He's, he's excellent. He's, he deserves he's, it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. it's undeserved i'm saying like that matters in the in the calculus like people want to vote for brad stevens because he's been so freaking good for the celtics ever since they hired him and um like i don't he, he like he just he just has a great demeanor as a head coach he's very calm very relaxed on the sideline the celtics are doing very well without a lot of star talent like they're missing they miss gordon hayward this whole season they miss Kyrie irving for a big chunk and they've managed to, to skate by on a really good defense and a rookie in their starting lineup, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, they, the whoever wins it this year, whether it's Brad Stevens, whether it's Dwayne Casey, it's it's going to be a really deserving coach. Like this is one of those years where if you voted somebody other than um, you know whoever ends up winning the award, I would not be disappointed. Like it's just like I, I, it, it looks like there's going to be five or six deserving candidates this year. Yep, uh, it's gonna be pretty wild. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, it's that's like this is low key probably the hardest race out there right now. The coach of the year. There's there's a ton of amazing candidates. Right. Let's go ahead and get to like my second favorite award, my second favorite NBA award. Uh, this is one I think the Rockets will probably win. Executive of the year. Uh, I think I think this is Daryl's year. I, I I really do. I think this is like. It's been a long time coming. Daryl had a fantastic offseason. The Chris Paul trade was brilliant. And what he did uh, whilst doing that trade, keeping his exceptions to sign P.J. Tucker, Lugamba Mute, uh, bring back Nene, like, and like make these moves on the margin during the season without giving up any assets. This is, this is like a year where they added talent during the season without giving up any draft picks, which is really hard to do. And they did that. Um, I think this is the year. I think I think this is the year that executives finally vote for him. I know a, a lot of his peers don't like him. Like like that that's that's been a thing that's been like reported many many times. Like like a lot of times like Daryl will call somebody and they'll hang up on him just because it's just he just bugs the hell out of <laughs> executives. And it, it, I just think it's hilarious like like how petty other executives are. <laughs> but like it's I think I think this is the year he gets it. I think I think he's finally built up. The equity over the years, not only for this offseason, but last offseason, which really set up this offseason. You know, signing Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson, two undervalued guys for big contracts at the time. But Eric Gordon looks ends up looking like a steal. Um, Nene uh, gets reinvigorated. 
Uh, James Harden gets a lot of floor spacing, and the Rockets did a really good job rebounding from that horrible, horrible 2015 season. Uh, <laughs> and I think I think this is like a culmination award, right? This is this is the award that you win over time, and I think this is the year he gets it. Uh, I hope so. If not now, when? Right. Uh, I don't like if he is if he doesn't win it this year. I don't think he can win it, and I'm not convinced he will. Like I still think that like Danny Ainge has a better chance to win it than uh than he does. Even I mean I guess Sam Presti's chances have been hurt recently, but I don't know. I feel like I'll believe it when I see it regarding uh I don't think Maury winning executive of the year. I don't think Sam. Presti I don't think he. I don't think he's either. I think his has gone too far south, but I think Danny Ainge has a super good shot at it right now. No, he does. He does. Uh, also, Pritchard. Pritchard's been getting a bit of a out in. Um, Indiana's been getting some push. I, I don't see anyone other than Danny H get uh, winning the award over Maury. Like I'm sorry, I I just I and like if if someone does vote Kevin Pritchard over uh, Daryl Maury this year, that's truly pettiness to the max, man. Like that's <laughs> I think I think there's been there's two clear candidates, and if you vote like if you're an executive and you vote either one of those, like it's hard to really hold it against you. What I really don't like is we can't see the ballots for these awards like i would love to see which executives voted which like like how many votes did daryl give sam minky over the years or you know how many you know like these relationships these interwoven relationships around the league how many of these executives vote for their friends like that'd be pretty fun (laughs) interesting to see if they make the ballot public yeah, that's the weirdest one, right? Because it's all just like it's all just executives vote for each other. If it was the media, if it was a media ballot or just or like it'd be much different. If it wasn't executives only voting for it, it'd be a lot different of a war. But there it is. I mean, they do how they do it. So, but here, here, here's what I'll say. Like normally, the media gets a pretty like they're they're pretty accurate when they try to predict these things uh, over the years. Like executive of the year, like they got it right last year. Like everybody knew it was going to be Bob Myers after they signed Kevin Durant. Like that, that was that looked like it was going to be an obvious thing, and Bob Myers ended up winning the award. And I think, like, I don't know, like the buzz you hear, all you hear is Maury. Like all you hear this year is Maury. And Danny Ainge has gotten some buzz this year, but I really do think Daryl has gotten more of that buzz. Um, and I'm not going to be upset if he, if he loses it out to Dan, Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge had a great summer too. Um, he made that fantastic Kyrie Irving trade. Looks better every day. Um and he made that Jason Tatum trade, which um you know Fultz looks he looks better now, but Jason Tatum's clearly it's amazing. Done. Yeah, yeah, he's clearly uh, he, he, Hey, don't forget he signed Gordon Hayward too. Which right. he's no, had a, he had a killer. Not his off-season. fault he got hurt. Yeah, right. he had a killer off season, and like if Danny Ainge wins it again, I wouldn't be upset. But I really do think Daryl's going to win it this year. I mean, I, I I think he ought to win it this year, and I'll leave it at that. Okay, um, that's fair enough. Uh, you, you, this, this is kind of like we, we've kind of switched places. Like you're the speculative one with the award now. Like I was, I, I never thought Dar- like Harden would win the MVP, and you're, you think Daryl would never win the, win the executive of the year. <laughs> uh, it's interesting how these things work. But um, let's go ahead and talk about the Rockets' playoff opponent. Let's end the podcast here. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, oh. I, I think this is a. I think this is a pretty decent matchup for the Rockets. Like, this is not the best. Like, you would prefer the the Nuggets or the Pelicans, but this is not bad considering the other candidates that were on the board as early as last week. Like, you don't want to play Oklahoma City. You don't want to play the Spurs. This is kind of a middle ground opponent. Like, I, I and the Rockets have had really great success with 
over the Timberwolves this regular season. They just outmath game them. Like they just outmath them every single time. They shoot a bunch of threes and they and the Timberwolves have a great offense, but just do not shoot enough threes to keep up with the Rockets. And it just ends up biting them in the ass every year. I mean not yep. every year, every game. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah they need to shoot more threes. Uh, they don't seem to be willing to. Uh, they are going to get beaten pretty badly. I mean, this is this is this is what should happen if the Rockets don't sweep or gentlemen sweep, as they call a five game series. The uh, the Timberwolves, the Rockets need to be kind of concerned about that. They are a lot better than the Wolves. They have a lot more experience. They have been totally dominant over them during the regular season and over the past few years honestly the wolves are pretty good but they're just pretty good so i this is a this is a pretty good matchup second round we'll get to that when we get to that but the first round this is this is one of the better matchups i think you could pull uh for them in in the first round of the playoffs i don't think they should have any real problem with the minnesota timberwolves <laughs> over the course of a series is there anything you're interested in seeing in the series? Like, I really want to see how Capella fares against Carr Anthony Towns, but is there anything else that sticks out at you? Uh, honestly, we've seen all these moving parts. I want to see two things. I want to see, one, that they can keep up what they've been doing, right? They, I want to see their formula keep working. Actually, other three things. Two, I want to see if they do have any new wrinkles they've been sort of saving for the playoffs, which... This kind of team, the kind of team they are, like a veteran team that's been in the playoffs before that has like a, you know, some smarty pants coaching. Oftentimes they will have some stuff they save for the playoffs to really kick it up a notch. So I'm curious to see like what they're going to unveil. Maybe some of the more of those cuts will start happening, stuff like that. So I want to see what they do for adjustments. Uh, but mostly I want to see if they keep their killer instinct. Like I want to see them just go for the throat and just try to blow them out by 30 every game, four games in a row. Honestly, if they if they let off if they go up 3-0 and let off the gas in game four, I'll be a little bit disappointed because if they're going to be able to make it through this gauntlet of a Western Conference, and by gauntlet a Western Conference, I mean the Golden State Warriors, they're going to have to be able to just go right for the jugular every single minute of every single game. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter that perhaps the Rockets should try making extending the series to wait out on Luka Bamuti. That's not the strategy here. You never want to extend that's out a not, series. That's like, not how it works anyway. Yeah, that's you, yeah. Like, no, you don't want to go to seven games, and in any case, you're probably going to have a shorter series than your yeah. opponents anyway. So what does it matter? It doesn't matter how long your series goes. Just win your games. Yeah, I, that, I think I, I, that was just kind of a weird thing I saw on Twitter. Like, if you... If you're any team, you you don't want to extend the series like at all. Why would you want to extend? Why would you want to make any playoff series longer? Like unless unless you're the team that's on the back end. Like why would you ever want to to play a long playoff series? Like that's that's a terrible idea. Um, but yeah, yeah the, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I want to see how sharp they are, how quickly they, they make work of this team. I do think that these po- both of these coaches are pretty good, and I think they're going to make a lot of adjustments. And I think down the stretch, like games three and four. They're probably going to be much closer than games one and two. Like I think the Rockets will command games one and two at home. Um, I think they're going to have a good home crowd because lately their home crowds have been pretty good. Like down the stretch, like I've I've gave Rockets fans a lot of crap for not filling out that arena all year, but la- the last stretch of the season, it really like if you even <laughs> see like these Phoenix games, like they're playing the Phoenix Suns, and when Gerald Green hit that game winner, you could see how loud the arena was and how everyone was standing on their feet like against the meaningless games against the Phoenix Suns like that 
Like they have really showed yeah. out these past few games. Um, I, I think. Well, Ward, there's no more Texans game. <laughs> right. I think. I think uh, the buzz is starting to build in the city. Come playoff time, I think. Yeah. Team yeah. People legit. got the memo. Right. Go ahead, what were you gonna say? No, yeah, they finally get it that this is this is a real thing that's happening. Uh, I think they're starting to kind of feel that like vibe off of them, like they felt with the Houston Astros about six months ago. Uh, I, th- I think it's starting to actually build. So yeah, it seems like the crowd's a lot more into it lately as uh, as the faded hour approaches. And we'll have to see when they when they play their first game. Will it be Saturday or Sunday? Because everyone's playing on Saturday or Sunday this weekend. All all the series are going to start. I can't uh, wait. I, I, yeah, are you excited, man? Like I, I love to play. Like this is, I love this better than my birthday. Like this is my favorite time of the year, <laughs> and like this is like candy to me. I, I'm gonna wake up early. I'm gonna prepare for all the games. I'm gonna have a laptop in front of me. I'm gonna have my phone on the right side. I'm gonna have my TV on me. I'm gonna have my remote. I'm gonna be switching channels. I can't wait. Like I cannot wait. It should be amazing. Uh, I think that there's a good chance to be ver- there's going to be very hopeful for the Rockets in this first round series. Who would guess that the one seed probably be a- would be favored over the eight seed? Uh, I'll I'll put it this way: this matchup, you have an offensive minded head coach who has one of the best offenses in history, if not the best offense in history, and you have a defensive minded head coach on a team that can't defend. Right, it's it's, it's an odd dynamic, but so, I do, I do think Tom Thibodeau is, is better than a lot of people give him credit for. He's a, he's, I think he's a pretty competent coach. I I know he's pretty hard on the team with minutes. I do think he's a solid coach. I know Timberwolves fans cannot stand Thibodeau, especially with the the power he has over over the front office. Like he is president of basketball operations and head coach, which is never a good recipe for success. But I do think he's a competent NBA head coach. Um, I cannot. I can't wait. I can't. Like I, I'm about as soon as we end this call, I'm about to play the Pitbull playoff song. Like after this, like have you seen mm-hmm. that song on YouTube? The, the the playoffs version of Timber by yeah, Pitbull that, featuring Kesha. That yeah. too. That too. Like I, I I'm gonna watch all of them. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch. Like, I think Harden made it like a, a brief intro into that song. Where like it, it, I don't know. I just I can't wait. I cannot wait for the NBA playoffs to start. Like I feel like we've been kicking the can around for the last. 20 or so games even longer than that like i feel like we've figured this team out since like the halfway mark like we've have everything we would need to know about this team the only thing left is the playoffs and the only thing we have left for the league in general is the playoffs like we we yeah. we, we don't need an 82 game season and uh we should probably the nba should probably work on shortening that but i just i can't wait i cannot wait it's here and i'm ready yeah Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoy the show. It really helps people find the show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Red Nation Hoops and at Do Nots. And yeah, guys, good night.